You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. I am so excited for today's episode. I am doing something totally new, and you are absolutely going to love hearing it. And before I get into that, I want to start by sharing one of the reviews that was left on iTunes. Now, if you haven't yet had a chance to leave your own rating and review on iTunes, then please go do that. It means so much to get that feedback from you, my listeners, but also it is the best way for more new people to be introduced to the show. So please, if you haven't yet left a rating and review, definitely do so. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, That's another very important thing that you're going to want to do. That is the best way to know when new episodes are released and to be the first one to get them. So here's this week's review. Crystal is wise beyond her years and possesses a deep level of emotional intelligence that I could only describe as otherworldly. The foundation of the perspective she shares on relationships and dating is based on the transformational power of love and has done exactly that, transformed my love life. I spent most of my 20s going from one excruciating heartbreak to the next one and feeling hopeless about my dating life. I was fed up with following dating advice online that quite frankly was good for nothing as it lacked integrity and relied on manipulative tactics and not on a deep understanding of the power of love and how to use this in our favor. It wasn't until I started listening to Crystal's content that I was introduced to a whole new world of how to date intelligently. I was able to heal my relationship with self as well as my relationship with men. I am thrilled to say that thanks to Crystal, I am on the path to a deeply fulfilling romantic partnership with my dream man. XOXO, Mariel. Mariel, thank you so much for that wonderful review. It just made my heart so happy to read that. So if you haven't yet had a chance to leave a rating and review, please go ahead and do that. The other very, very important thing that I need to let you know about is that I have some spots available for one-on-one coaching. After you listen to the episode, you're going to just want to grab one of those spots, I know, but I did want to make sure that you knew. So the way that you can potentially work with me one-on-one is by filling out an application. I only work with a small number of people at a time. It's a really high-level way to serve women who are committed to calling in love. So if you are ready to massively up-level your love life, if you're ready for just a transformation to really call in your person and create that beautiful relationship, then go ahead and apply to work with me one-on-one. I will be sure to link it in the show notes. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Rise in Love podcast. So today is a little bit of a unique episode. It is the first of its kind, and I am so excited to be able to share this with you. I did something a little different today. It's not an interview. It's not a solo episode. This is a coaching call. I 
had the opportunity to coach Sarah. And this was really, really amazing. Sarah was so vulnerable and she got very honest with me. And I think that this is really going to benefit a lot of you. Sarah met someone that she dated briefly about a year ago. And they dated for about a month and she was just really connected to him. She really enjoyed her time with him. She was really attracted to the way he thought, the way he saw the world. She felt like their values were really aligned. And he ghosted her. They were getting along really well. Everything was unfolding in this really beautiful way. And she was just super excited about him. And then he just stopped responding. And they eventually sort of reconnected, but not in terms of a relationship. They see each other occasionally just around based on some of their shared interests. And Sarah really still has a desire for some closure or to resume the relationship with him. And so that's really what we focused on was sort of digging into that and how she can approach the situation. So I really recommend that you sort of go through some of these exercises with Sarah. In the last 15 or 20 minutes of the episode, I led her through a really powerful meditation that you're definitely going to want to do along with her because it was just so freaking good. And why wouldn't you want to? And it's really going to help you get aligned with the love that you want, with calling in your person. So that is really quite a treat. It's very powerful. You're absolutely going to love it. So without further ado, here's this week's episode. Okay. All right. So what would you like to ask about or work on today? Sure. So I think the biggest thing that comes up is I definitely have a history of falling for people too quickly and also then holding on to people too long, long after they're gone. (laughs) And um, I know one of the, one of the things that I actually do really love about myself is that I'm very open to love. Like I love people deeply. I appreciate that about myself that in all my different relationships, I invest a lot in people and I think I really love people well. And that's something I love about myself. However, I also need to take care of myself (laughs) and do what is in my best interest when it comes to relationships. And I think I need to figure out just how to let go of people who are not choosing to be actively in my life. That's a, that's a tough thing for me to do. And and it's tough for me to do in friendships and it's tough for me to do in romantic relationships. And so I think I'd like to explore that. The process of letting go (laughs) would be really helpful. Mm. Is there a particular situation or person that you have in mind as you're talking about this? Um, I would say that there are some in the more distant past that have healed, but took longer than I wanted them to take. But there's definitely someone currently that it's kind of like I either want it to happen or I want to be able to completely move on. And mm-hmm. I've dated, I, I've dated a lot of other people since this person I've gone out with you know, I've, I've been on the online thing. I've done, I've been asked out by people I've met in person. Like I've, I've dated people a lot of different ways since this person, but I find myself just emotionally, I keep going back to this person. Um, and not, not physically, (laughs) but, um, in terms of, we haven't had any, any like physical relationship. We've had a little communication just because he's someone who's in my life. Um, and not in a one-on-one capacity, but in a 
in my, in my social and volunteer life, he's in my life. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's just hard to let go. He's someone that I feel that I connect with really well and our values align. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so, but it's not, it's not, he's not coming towards me. And so I feel that I've got to figure out a way to let that go, but I'm just not really quite sure how to, Mm um, I've, I've worked on myself a ton since, since we dated. Um, it's been, I guess, almost a year. It was last summer, um, that we dated for about a month or so. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've built a full, like great life. I'm in a much better place personally since, um, when we dated, I've, I've invested in myself in so many great ways. I left a job I was unhappy in and I'm happy in my job now. Um, I'm in therapy. <laughs> I'm pursuing like some of my passions and interests, um, volunteering. I'm just, I've filled my life with so many wonderful things and I've worked on myself in so many other ways that I guess I was hoping that having this full, happy life <laughs> apart from him would really help me emotionally mm-hmm. to move on. And I'm still really happy that I have this great life that I've created for myself. So that's, you know, that's still a definite perk, but those feelings are still there and they're not any less than they were before. <laughs> and that's frustrating. Yeah. As you're talking about it, it feels very raw to me. Yeah. What's like, what's, uh, you know, when I say raw, it's usually because there's, it's like painful. It's not like a, it's not like a pleasant or like feeling good when you're thinking about this person. Um, yeah, I think that would be accurate. It's like when we're actually talking, I do feel good because when we are connecting, it makes me feel happy because we, we just share so many things in common and it's a fun, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. Like we, we laugh a lot when we, when we do communicate and it's just, it's fun. It's, it's a really, um, it's fun, but it's also meaningful. I think that's the biggest thing is that we, we connected on, on many different levels. And so I think I'm, I hold on to those, those good things, but then also mm-hmm. there's the pain associated with it of I'm not really getting what I want, you know, yeah. out of my love life. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about so you did you did you date this person? It was not an official relationship. We wouldn't move into a committed relationship, but we were seeing each other for about a month and um yeah. it there was mm-hmm. a ghosting situation. <laughs> oh. Um we went several months without um talking after that and then have reconnected since um just through like I said through our I, I actually he works in a nonprofit and I volunteer um with that nonprofit and so through that we have reconnected some um you know we live obviously in the same city we root for the same sports teams we'll see each other occasionally at tailgates and you know we have similar we have some mutual friends now so and and then whenever, like I said, whenever he's in my life in those capacities, that does not feel bad to me. It feels, it feels good to me. And I find myself still open to other people around me. Um, but then, you know, at home when I'm alone and thinking about it, it's like, he's the person that I want to share the things with, you know, if something bad happens, if something good happens, yeah. he's the one that I want to talk to. And how does he feel? I don't really know. Like, I mean, it, 
yeah, I just, I don't really know. And I think I'd like to have the conversation, but I haven't pushed too hard for a conversation that's more serious, I guess, just because I'm not really sure exactly what it would benefit me to have the conversation. <laughs> if he's not for, if he's not coming towards me and pursuing me, I'm not really sure that it, it that it, there's any advantage to having the conversation. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been doing my best just to move on with my life and do the things that make me happy and continue to go on dates and be open to new people. Um, but yeah, that's, it's just tough. Like not having connected with someone since then. And then you go back <laughs> in your mind to the last, I think the last person that you had a good connection with and that still, when I see him, we, we connect well. Um, and like, he'll occasionally randomly send like, We'll, we'll joke about, we'll allude to things that happened when we were dating without really getting into talking about when we were dating. And so mm-hmm. I think that's hard too, because it's kind of flirtatious, but it's also not really helpful. <laughs> so you dated and then he sort of disappeared on you. And now you see each other like just because you do, but he has not given any indication that he's interested in resuming a relationship with you. Or having Correct. a relationship with you. Correct. But you would like to. Yeah, I'd like to at least explore it. Or I think I'd at least like to have a conversation. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that conversation would entail. But I think, I don't know. I think every woman, we I don't know why we have such an obsession with answers. <laughs> but I think we want answers. And I don't know that the answers would never would even help anything. (laughs) But in your mind, I think you just want answers for like why it didn't work out or, Mm. or just wanting, wanting it to work out. Yeah. I think that's really it. You know, it's very normal to want answers. We all do because, you know, it's like our brain wants to close loops. Uh And one of the things that happens is like when we're in pain, because we want someone who isn't showing that they feel the same way. It feels so painful. It feels very like kind of powerful and dramatic in a way, right? Uh Because it's kind of always there. And so part of the thing with looking for an answer is like, there has to be a reason that's as dramatic as the way that I feel. Uh Like we're (laughs) looking for something that matches up because like the answer is just like, he probably wasn't feeling the energy that he wanted to feel from a woman that he would pursue a relationship with. That's pretty much what it always is coming down to. And it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's not that you don't get to have what you want. And it's not that you did anything wrong. It's really like men want to feel a certain way and they all want to feel, you know, it's depending on the man who's going to want something a little different. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's usually what it's coming down to. It's like, am I feeling the way that I want to feel with this person? Is this woman bringing out the feelings that I'd like to experience in a relationship? Uh-huh. Why do you think it is that you are having a hard time letting go of him? Um, I think about this a lot. <laughs> um, I think that I'm a, I'm a, I think you've mentioned before that you're a words of affirmation, a uh, love language person. And mm-hmm. that's uh, one of my top ones as well, touch and words of affirmation. And I think that I replay a lot of the things that were said when we were dating yeah. um, and hold on to those things because as much as his actions are showing now that he's not pursuing a relationship at the time, 
he was pursuing me and he was very affirming in his language of how he felt about me very strongly. Um, And his actions did back it up at the time. So it was very shocking um, for him to walk away because I just felt like I was justified in having feelings because this man was demonstrating feelings for me. You know what I mean? Like, and then it was just like abruptly ended. Um, So that's, it's not like there were, there was like this huge like thing or fizzled out or anything like that. It was like, we were, we were talking and he was affirming how he felt about me and then he was gone. Um, And that, that was just difficult um, and still is difficult. Um, But I, I just feel like, I haven't had someone, I guess there was a certain level of, I'm a pretty independent and opinionated and strong-minded woman. And I don't think I've ever really felt fully accepted in that by a man before him. I think that he really has a super deep respect in the way he communicates about and to women and that behavior just feels so out of alignment with the rest of his behavior in general in the world like he's he's such a good person in the way he uses his life and his voice to speak for women and about women is just like i said that behavior just feels a bit it just feels out of character and i, I don't understand it <laughs> coming from coming from all of his, uh, when I line it up with his other behaviors and his words, it just feels out of alignment with how he is in the world. Mm. (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, It sounds like you are struggling with like a lot of confusion, like almost an overwhelming amount of confusion. Yeah. When he sort of disappeared, what did you think? Um, well, we had been communicating at least on some level every day. And so the day after, like going a whole day without hearing from him uh, seemed kind of bizarre. And I I probably panicked a bit. I was upset because it just, I had asked a question and he left me hanging. I don't even remember. It was a super, we'd been talking it late at night and I, and then I just think I just said something really simple, like, did you fall asleep or something like that? And, and never heard back. And then, mm-hmm. and then a few days went by and I was like, okay, well, this is very odd. And I think three or four days later, I tried to call him um, and he didn't answer and just never, never responded after mm-hmm. that. And it was just, yeah, it was just really, it was just, like you said, so confusing and so mm-hmm. hard. And, um, and I felt really hurt and a little betrayed Yeah, and just abandoned. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes for a minute. Okay. Just take a breath into your nose and out through your mouth. When you think about this hurt, and betrayal and sort of a sense of abandonment. And this person that you've been becoming really close with and speaking to all the time just sort of stopped responding without explanation, leaving you with all these questions. 
Where do you feel that physically in your body? Uh, say my chest, yeah. <laughs> my gut. <laughs> yeah. What's it feel like? Oh, it's just kind of like a gut punch. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the wind is knocked out of you. Yeah. Out of me. <laughs> if you had to give it a color, what color would it be? Ooh, I don't know why, but orange comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. As we're talking about it right now, how strongly can you feel it with 10 being the highest on a scale of one to 10? about an eight yeah so I want you to go back and I want you to think back into your childhood and the first time that you ever remember experiencing a sensation that was the same as this or sort of similar to this and I don't want you to get overly hung up on like what actually happened if you're thinking you remember something but you're not positive like don't stress about any particular details or you know, what someone else may have perceived? Um, I'm sure there were many, many more than this. <laughs> I had a rough childhood. But uh, one that comes to mind immediately is my dad not being present at my volleyball games. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a tournament that I played in, and it was about three hours away from home. And my dad was just so mad <laughs> that they would dare to take us to this tournament hours away and then expect it to be okay, I guess, for us to be up that late at night and like threatened to like come and pick me up early from the tournament. But then, you know, of course this is way before the days that there were cell phones (laughs) and uh, this is my eighth grade year of, of school. Um, and I was at the tournament. I remember I just had so much anxiety the whole time. Of, is my dad going to show up mm. and take me away from this? And like, he wasn't there to support me, but I also had the anxiety of, is he going to like make me leave? Mm. And that didn't happen. And we, we won the whole tournament and it was like great, wow. but it was like shadow overshadowing the joy of winning this tournament. <laughs> my final year of middle school was like, my parents didn't show up for me. Yeah. What was the worst part about that? I think it's just seeing everyone else being supported and cheered on. Mm. And you don't have that. And how'd you, how'd that make you? And the embarrassment too, of like the drama that it created in the team. When I said that my parents, might show up and pick me up early and not knowing and feeling like, oh, that might affect my playing time. And then just, yeah, it was just drama. It was like (laughs) this super uncomfortable, like embarrassing thing. Like, why can't my parents just be normal about this? (laughs) Like, this is a big deal that I'm playing in this tournament and we're really good this year (laughs) and we're probably going to do well. And why can't they, why can't I be celebrated and supported in this? Um, yeah, it was just it was embarrassing. It was like really embarrassing. Yeah. How'd you cope with that situation? Well, I was at the tournament. I think once I got on the court, I just I just focused on playing for whenever I whenever I could get on the court, I just put my mind into playing and and I actually played pretty well. Um but it was 
I don't know. It was just, I remember there being a lot of anxiety between the games. And then during the games, it was just kind of like I was transported. And even though my parents weren't there, there was still crowd noise. And there was, you know, there was still, I think I, I kind of like thinking about it, I've kind of lived off of the support of other people <laughs> mm-hmm. that were there. Um, like people who were cheering in the stands and who were giving our team that encouragement. And I, I was thinking more about in the moment, just my love of the game and also just feeding off of the support of, of people who were there. Yeah. And then, you know, we won the tournament. <laughs> so that gives you a certain like satisfactory feeling and going home tired. And, you know, there was like this underlying kind of ick for how it all w- went down. But also there was this great satisfaction that I helped my team win this championship. Yeah. Do you see, do you see any connection between that situation, which sounds like it wasn't the only one. And you know how that's maybe tying into how you approach relationships now? I'm sure it is, but I'm not really exactly sure exactly how it shows up in my behavior and how to fix it. Like, I I think there's Mm -hmm. definitely, um, I probably have a bit of an anxious attachment style. Yeah. Um, but I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know exactly how to fix that. <laughs> it's, um, it's something like I said, I, I've, I've come light years in self-confidence and I'm proud of the person that I am. I, I would consider myself a pretty strong, confident and independent, happy person overall. Um, and so I, I've, you know, I've persevered through a lot of things to have the life that I have. <laughs> um, so, but I think the relationship piece is, is a frustration. So we've spoken about the guy from last summer and how it's been a little bit hard to sort of let go of him and move on. Do you want anyone else? Do you believe that there is someone else? I tell myself that (laughs) I watch your, you know, I watch your videos. I listen to your podcasts and I affirm that to myself that it's him or it's someone better. I've been putting in that work of trying to change my mind around it, but I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm saying these words and not fully believing what I'm saying. Like I'm Mm -hmm. looking around and I'm looking for people and hoping that I can connect with them. And I think because it hasn't happened yet to connect with someone else. It's hard. It's just hard to see it. When you say connect, cause you mentioned that like you don't connect with a lot of people. That is I not I so what, like, what I do you on that level? <laughs> on which level? Um, I would say a combination of like intellectual, spiritual, emotional um the physical was was definitely there but it wasn't that wasn't really what made it special um like th- there was definitely physical chemistry but it wasn't it wasn't the relationship wasn't overpowered by that it was very um it was just a connectedness and i think how we 
see the world and, and similar thought just our, I think how we, um, the way we believe about a lot of things is, is really similar. And I, I, the, our humor was similar. Like it just kind of all synced up in terms of, of that type of connectedness for me. Like it's been, I just haven't found many other people where we just could laugh so much, but also have like these great deep conversations and also, yeah, just openly share how we felt like that. Those were all things that I hadn't experienced before. And so I guess it's hard things that I didn't even think about to know were possible, I guess. It kind of just showed me a level of what I felt at the time was compatibility that I hadn't felt. Like it felt very aligned with like the way I want to live my life. Like I feel like the way we like to spend our time and our values is very similar. And I just had a deep respect for, for his mind and his, um, and his way of treating people. Um, yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's like, there's a little bit of a missing link here somewhere because you, I can tell that you are sort of looking at that situation, like just pure rose colored glasses. You're only because, and here's why I'm saying that. Because you said, I have this deep respect for the way that he treats people. But then you described the way he treated you as he stopped calling you. He stopped responding mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So for you to say that you have this you know, profound respect for the way he treats people, but he didn't really treat you in a way that felt good to you. Right. I think that's where all the confusion comes in. Like the, It's hard for me to reconcile that. Because even now I see the way that, yeah, the way that he treats people and the way that, and even the way he treats me, he's been very, since we've reconnected, he's been very kind to me. And I think that's, it's not relationship pursuit, but, but there's, there's a, there's a kindness about him that is very endearing. Okay. So here's something that. I think any woman who has words of affirmation as her top love language, and I get this because this is also how I am and definitely was, because it does create a sort of vulnerability there. Because Uh words, you know, I always say it's not that words don't matter. Of course, words matter. You always want to find alignment between actions and words. But someone can be really good with words. And that can be sort of it. Someone can just be really good with words and know the right thing to say, you know? And I think that in particular, some men are really good at knowing like what a certain type of woman loves to hear and like is going to feel really good to her. And it's not saying that like being manipulative or, you know, he's trying to trick you or anything like that. Some people are just very good with words. And I think it's really important. And I think it's going to be a really important thing for you to always take the words with just a grain of salt and to just hear them as like, oh, what a nice thing to hear without allowing yourself to like put so much stock into it until you yeah. see that really consistently the action is lining up with that. 
Uh-huh. That makes total sense. I get that it's challenging, but I think it's the sort of thing you have to stay on high alert for when you know that words of affirmation is your primary love language. Yeah. <laughs> because n- words don't have to mean anything. And you're not alone in this. I don't know what words he said to you in particular, but a lot of women, it's very easy to sort of latch onto when a man says things like, you know, I've never felt this way before. Or, I can see myself having a future with you or, oh, I was in Hawaii last year and I could really see us being there. And, you know, my mom would love you. All these things that like feel so good to hear when that's what you're wanting to hear from someone. But it's like those, you know, desires that he might be expressing, you want to sort of categorize them where it's like if someone's saying something like that, it doesn't actually mean anything like until there's some action behind it. You know, it's like until there's that actual plane ticket and an invitation to Hawaii, until he's inviting you over to family dinner, none of it actually means anything until he makes it mean something. Uh Yeah. The other thing that is coming up really strongly here is this very strong connection that you feel with him. And who knows what would have happened if the relationship had continued. But he sort of infused this, it it became this very dramatic situation because you were developing this closeness. Things did seem to be developing really nicely. And then he disappeared on you. He just like blew the whole thing up. Uh And, you know, sometimes when men do that, they don't realize that it's, I don't think, I don't think that men are like bad or horrible for doing that. I think a lot of men will do it because they think it's the kinder thing to do or it's the easier thing to do Mm -hmm. and don't, not that they don't know, but they're not sitting down and really thinking, you know, this woman might spend days or weeks or months or years trying to figure out what happened here. You know, so it's like they're, it's become a very dramatic situation, whether or not that was his intention. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to turn it around. And it's like when you described that situation with with your dad and the volleyball game, and it's like that was a very straightforward situation that became very dramatic and it felt very dramatic for you and very hard to sort of grapple with. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know how to create that strength for yourself. You said that you sort of pushed the feelings down and focused on the game during the game. And that in between you just focused on the people that were there and that were being supportive and sort of cheering you on. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there's this part of you where it's like, you don't know how to give yourself like the support and comfort that you would need to like, let go and move past it. Mm-hmm. How's that landing with you? Um, I like the way that you said that. Um, the not knowing how to give myself the comfort to move forward. Um, I think that's, um, that's something I've been really trying to work on, but feel that I haven't quite gotten to yet is, is learning how to comfort myself. Yeah. Why is there so much emotion coming up now? Um, I guess I just think about all the stress and anxiety <laughs> that I experience in different areas and think about, you know, what it would look like to actually know how to comfort myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll just give you another example. So like my dog has, is recovering from this horrible kidney infection. This morning mm-hmm. I had to give her this this fluid treatment and it's just been so, so tough. She was at the vet all day a couple days ago and 
I was like hyperventilating for a while. And then I like cleaned my whole apartment and rearranged the furniture. And it was like, that was my way of like getting out my, that was my way of, I guess, (laughs) my pseudo way of comforting myself. (laughs) But it was just like this super, like had to be mega occupied thing. Like I was like in a frenzy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see if we can sort of tie this together and give you a way of soothing yourself a little bit. So let's talk about the guy from, let's, let's go back to this guy for a moment. Just tell me for a moment when you are like thinking about him in that whole situation and like where things are with the two of you and all of that, do some descriptive words. Tell me like how you feel when you're thinking about all of that. Um, I would say confusion. Mm. longing. Yeah. Um, those are probably the biggest ones, the confusion and longing. Yeah. Go ahead and close your eyes for a minute. Just take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And just see him in like a little bubble, and like your whole, your dating and the way things are with you currently and just everything related to him. It's just sort of in a little bubble. Any other words come up? Um, love. <laughs> How do you feel? I, I deeply care about him and love him and want him to have success and happiness, even if I'm not a part of his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but you're, you're, you're crying. So tell me like what feelings are really coming up for you. There's, I guess with the longing, there's some, definitely some sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Just sadness. I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't say anger, um, but I would say sadness. Okay. So whenever someone says, I wouldn't say when I haven't asked, what wouldn't you say? It's like a clue that there's something hidden in there. So there probably is some anger. And understandably. Yeah. Okay. So confusion, longing, sadness, anger, and love. What's love? Uh, There's so many definitions, I guess. But um, I would say... It is the deep care for another person. I think of it as wanting great things for someone. Um, just wanting the best for someone and in action. I think it looks like investing in someone, like showing, showing kindness through your actions. Okay. I'm probably not the best at, at putting that into words, but I'm trying it's my best to get on the It's not like a pop quiz. I didn't have like a set answer. <laughs> okay. So what I want you to do is just get comfortable. <sighs> Go ahead and close your eyes. Take a couple of breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. 
With your eyes closed, I want you to take your awareness up 300 feet to where you can see, sense, or feel the light. And you'll sort of intuitively understand what I mean by that. I want you to connect with the light. And I want you to imagine that light just coming down into the top of your head and then moving through the top of your head into your face, down through your neck, through your shoulders, through your arms, all the way down through the tips of your fingers. Feel the light move down through your chest, your stomach, down through your hips, your thighs, your legs, through the bottom of your feet and all the way into the center of the earth. And as the light moves into the center of the earth, you will feel a place where it's just so warm and loving and nurturing. And I want you to imagine that light just bouncing back up through the center of the earth, back up through the bottom of your feet, through your calves, through your knees, through your thighs, through your hips, up through your stomach, through your chest, through your shoulders, all the way down through your arms and the tips of your fingers, and then up through your neck and through the top of your head. So you can feel the light from above and the light from below. Just take a deep breath into that. Feel the lights where they meet right in the center of your heart. And ask that light to expand around you like a great big central sunshine. Ask that light to expand through the whole room that you're in through the building that you're in. Ask the light to expand through the whole city you're in. Ask that light to expand through your whole region. Ask the light to expand through the whole country. Ask that light to expand all the way around the world. I want you to find yourself on a path that you're not familiar with, but somewhere in nature, it's beautiful, where you feel totally safe. I want you to just start walking down the path and just notice how safe and comfortable you are. And you take a few more steps and you come across a door and you know that it's a door meant for you. Go ahead and open the door and step inside and find yourself in a room. And before you get settled in the room, I want you to make the room look however you want. Decorate it in a way that is just so beautiful and comforting and abundant to you. You can decorate the walls, the furniture, the floors, notice the ceiling, and notice how much light's in the room. Just enjoy being in this room that's just for you. It's so beautiful. It's so special, and it's all yours. Now that your room 
so beautiful. I want you to see the highest version of yourself. It's clearly you, but you at your absolute best. I want you to walk over to this highest and best version of you and go ahead and give her a hug. And as you hug her, you two are just going to meld together so that she is you. From this place, in this beautiful, abundant room where you're so safe and protected, as this highest and best version of yourself, I want you to call in the energy of your person. Don't give him a face or a body or anything. I just want you to feel his energy. It's so loving. Are you able to feel that? It's a lot of work, but I'm getting there. <laughs> What's that energy feel like? Um, I think of someone who's devoted. Mm. And caring. Yes. Um, and attentive. Yeah. Um, What else? Um, someone who's loving, um, comforting, accepting, fun and funny. <laughs> um, so, smart. Yeah. Witty. <laughs> and how does he feel about you? Um, he's loves me and cares about me and pays attention to my needs and thinks about me all the time and mm. wants me to be okay. And yeah. How does he show up for you? I think he's, he's there physically uh, when I need him. Yeah. Um, a warm hug. <laughs> um, like I just think of being like held and um, someone who when I'm overwhelmed with tasks will just be there and help like someone who will support me Um, someone who won't let life like swallow me up and overwhelm me someone who will be a real teammate do you have to question his feelings for you? No. How do you feel even when you're not with him? I'm just happy and confident mm-hmm. and secure. Yeah. What's the love between just you? Just loved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the love feel like? I think it has a lot to do with that light that we were describing. It's just um it's just light that it feels light and it's bright and happy. Yeah. It's a sunny yellow color. Mm, so good. And how does it feel in your chest and your stomach? Just light, just like breathing easily. Like breathing. day at the beach. <laughs> mm, 
So good. Is there it's anything? Crazy. Yeah. Is there anything more that you need to be or that you need to express to call on this energy? <sighs> that I deserve it. Mm. And that it's out there, you know, like I have to believe that it's out there. My thing that it's that I deserve it. And that it's possible. If you were certain that you deserved it and that it was possible, what would that feel like? Um, I just wouldn't be worry. I'd be carefree. Mm. Just go ahead and breathe into that. So whenever you feel ready, go ahead and lovingly let that energy go, knowing that you can come back to it at any time and knowing that you'll experience it in the flesh very soon. Go ahead and start to bring your awareness back to your fingers and toes. And then whenever you feel ready, go ahead and open your eyes and come back to the room. Thank you. How was that? Oh, it was really good. It just, um, just, I guess enlightened me um, when we were in the middle of that, just how um, how little I tend to um, like expect for myself initially. Like when you initially described the door and the room, initially it was like a really big wooden unfriendly door and I walked in and it was a sparse room with little wooden chairs and no furnishings until you told me to make it like amazing and then I was able to to like move into this expansive light place where I created a room that I envisioned but when I first walked in it was just this bare room like (laughs) From Les Miserables, <laughs> empty chairs and empty tables. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like really sad and pathetic. <laughs> mm. And that's pretty messed up if that's um, the way I, you know, the way I just view walking into a room that you say is for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I just really felt that 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 was the first thing that I saw was just sparse, like neglected cobwebby space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion. I think that the confusion is a pattern for you. I think that there's confusion. I mean, you described it really beautifully. So that was amazing that you were able to move into the energy of what it would feel like to have someone because that's perfect. Like a warm, sunny day where you can just breathe. So it's like, it's there. Like that ability for you to attract that and call that in and experience that, it's totally there for you. But there's some confusion because it did take you a while to get there. 
And you're sort of describing this other person and you, you said love, but the other sensations that were coming up, it's not really love. It's certainly not the kind of love that you would want to consciously call in or experience in your life. Yeah. Well, because it's not reciprocated. <laughs> so right. You can't let go. And yeah, it's not free. <laughs> You're going to want to keep coming back to this. You know, I think the reason that you're holding on is because it feels scary to let go when you're not certain that you get something else. So you're like, well, I got a taste of this, of this. And, you know, when I put it into perspective, it's actually not all that amazing. But the alternative right now feels like nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to build that up to be really special and incredible like in my mind and in my heart, even if that's not the reality of it. Uh-huh. Once you made the room beautiful, how did it feel being in there? Um, it was just like this joy of like, and I thought about everything that I would have accomplished to have a place that amazing and beautiful and just how, you know, we don't ever fully arrive in life, but kind of that feeling of like, I made it, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's, this is, this is what I wanted and yeah. I, and I have it. And it wasn't so much about the room as it was like envisioning just the full life and success that I'd had that got me to a place that I could have a space like that. Yeah. It's just like this relief of look what my life has become can like almost like, (laughs) can you even believe that this is real? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my homework for you is to keep returning to that room and that place and feeling that energy of the love that you actually want to call in. And you can let go of someone immediately. If you decide I'm ready to let go of this person, you can go back into that room and just say, I'm letting you go and let him go. And that can be the end of it. When you feel ready and you have to be there, you have to decide that you're, that you're actually ready. But I think if you keep going back there and you keep feeling the energy of the relationship that you actually want, you're just not going to want that anymore. Hmm. It's going to, you're going to look back and be like, wow, this is like that sad little table and chairs, mm-hmm. this kind of relationship when like, there's so much more available and it's, you know, that's how you can become a match, an energetic match for what you actually desire. It's by like continuously moving into that place and feeling the feelings because you can feel that expansiveness and that joy and you're certain like nothing about the circumstances changed. Mm-hmm. You became that. And when you become that more and more frequently, that just becomes who you are. And then everything else just sort of lines up to it. That's manifestation in a nutshell. Mm. What do you think? That's that's really, really helpful. Um, and I think that's a good challenge for me because I don't tend to spend a lot of time in in quiet, like conscientiously 
moving my mind into a good place. A lot of times I associate quiet with just anxiety and negative thing, which is why I, I, I tend to gravitate towards um, activity and environments that are noisier. And like, like the idea of just like sitting and being calm has always produced, I think more anxiety, but I think it's great to have the kind of a guide to get myself to a place where I can enjoy that still and calm and like more to be able to learn how to, to, to use my mind to get myself to a better place. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be activity that's outside of me exactly. to get me to a better place. Exactly. Good. You know, it's like, we're always attracting what we're an energetic match for. So, you know, there's so many, I don't want to speculate about what anyone else is going through, but it's like this guy that you felt very close to is either that he similar to you had a lot going on internally that like he is overwhelmed by and doesn't know how to come to terms with, or he wasn't a match. And so it just didn't stay in your, Mm -hmm. in your sphere for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you are able to create that over and over again, like that's what you become a match for. And it's not to say you have to be perfect before you can meet your love. Like we're all on a journey and it's a path and like it will continue. And once you start, then it means that you can become a match for someone who's going to allow you to step into that even further. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm not perfect enough. It's going to take me, you know, another year of this and that and the other thing before I'm at that level. But it's like you have to take the first steps is really what it's about. And so like starting to practice this, this means that you can then become attractive to and attracted to someone who's also like developing himself and becoming that highest version of himself. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Anything else before we wrap up? That was all really, really helpful. And I just appreciate you taking the time to to do this and um and connect with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It was my pleasure. It was great connecting with you. What would you say was like the biggest aha moment or like the most impactful of what we talked about? I think they're towards the end and just really thinking about the reality of what I want, like what it would feel like to really have good love, to let myself go there and imagine those, those feelings and not put a body to it, you know, Mm -hmm. just to, to pull in the feeling of, of what I want to have. Yeah. Good. Very good. I hope you absolutely loved having the opportunity to sort of be a fly on the wall during one of my coaching calls. It was so awesome to be able to coach Sarah through an issue that I know is not uncommon. I did just want to go ahead and mention a couple of things that came up on the call that I really think are important for you to keep in mind going forward. If these are any of the issues that you've resonated with, that you've dealt with, I want to just make a couple of notes for you. Um, But even before I do that, I did want to just remind you that if you're interested in working with me, having the opportunity to learn from me in a really close way, to actually get direct coaching and feedback from me, then apply to work with me. I don't have spots open all the time. I do right now. And so 
If this is your year, if you know that this is your time, then go ahead and reach out, submit an application, and let's see how me and my team can really support you in calling in love. So during the call, Sarah mentioned that despite doing things to move on with her life and to really enrich her life, she was still feeling a lot of lingering feelings um, for this guy that we spoke about through, throughout the episode. And she was frustrated. And I, I understand why she felt frustration because there is this huge misconception that time heals all. You know, that's something that we say a lot. That's something that you definitely hear, right? Time heals all. And that's not quite true. Time doesn't heal all. Time is just time. So if you make no other efforts other than allowing time to go by, yeah, the intensity may wane, but the feelings, the pain might still be there. It's so much more than just allowing time to pass, but really taking the steps to forgive, to release, to heal and to get realigned with what you truly desire in a relationship. And so that's the reason why I led Sarah through that meditation, because she was feeling this sensation of loving this person. But when she got clear on what she really wants in a relationship, it actually wasn't him. And that's something that we do sometimes. We we sort of put on blinders and we're not being honest with ourselves about what we actually want. So as she was describing it, when she was actually talking to him, when they were when they were close, when they were spending time together, she felt really happy. But all the rest of the time, she didn't feel happy. She the relationship was really characterized by the sense of yearning. And it's not enough to be with someone if you only feel happy when you're together. If you're riddled with anxiety and yearning and frustration and confusion whenever you're apart, there's a problem there. And so part of the problem, there's a couple of things that could be going on. If the reason that you're feeling this way is because the times together are rare and there's no continuity in between, then that is a sign that it is a relationship that is not aligned with your desires. And that happens sometimes. There could be a person in your life who says, or doesn't say, but basically acts like, I like spending time with you. I want to have fun with you, but that's it. You know, sometimes people will call this like, they'll say, we have an exclusive relationship, but we're not in a relationship. And, you know, usually when someone's saying, I want to be in a relationship, I'm ready to commit to you. It's like they are ready to make someone a larger part of their life. They want to bring this person into more areas of their life. And some people don't desire that. They say, all I want is a relationship where we can have some fun together and then I can go about my life and I don't need to think about you. I don't need to take responsibility for you. I don't need to have any sort of continuing connection with you outside of when we're together. So if you're okay with that kind of relationship, then you can have that kind of relationship. A lot of people aren't, and you have to be honest with what you actually want. So if you are trying to have a connected relationship where you're connected even when you're not together and the other person doesn't, then of course there's going to be a deep sense of yearning. The other thing though, the other possibility is that you could be just an anxiously attached person where you are pursuing a relationship with someone who's an avoidant. I did an episode a little while back about an introduction to attachment theory. So you can sort of recognize if that is you. 
if that's the case, then it's like there's two things. One is you're going to want to attract partners who are securely attached, but also you're going to want to work on becoming more securely attached yourself. If it's a situation where someone is connected with you and someone sees you frequently and you're still always feeling anxiety and insecurity, then you sort of have to recognize this is probably more me. This is me and my own anxiety and my fears. Um, And that's something that, that you get to work through and develop on your own because even if you're married with someone who's in love with you, you will not be together every single moment of the day. And so if you feel anxiety every time there's separation, then you have to know that there's something more going on with you that you're going to have to work on upgrading. So here's another thing that came up with Sarah and that I know comes up with a lot of women. So one of the things that a lot of women do is they get into their minds that they do not connect with a lot of people. And they say to me, well, I met this guy and he was so amazing. It's just so rare that I connect with someone. It's so rare that I connect with someone. It doesn't happen often that I connect with someone. And so they meet someone that they connect with and they try to hold on to it with everything they've got. They say, I rarely connect with someone. So I've met someone I connect with. I got to make sure he does not get away. It's problematic for several reasons, but the first one being that you're perpetuating a story about what you don't want. What you want is to meet people that you have a connection with frequently until you meet your person. What you don't want is to rarely have a connection with someone. So when you're over and over again telling that story, I never connect with with anyone. It's so rare that I connect with anyone. That starts becoming more and more real. The other issue with that is that you put on blinders when you meet someone you like. You've told this story that you rarely meet people that you connect with. So once you meet someone that you connect with, you put on blinders and you block everyone else out. And instead of saying, I've met this wonderful man and I'm excited to get to know him more along with all of the other amazing men that could enter my life at any moment. Instead, you sort of take this approach where it's like, I have connected with this amazing man. This never happens. I got to make sure he doesn't get away. I'm going to do everything I can to keep him. I am going to stay available for him no matter what, because I don't ever want to miss any opportunity to see him or be near him. So I'm just going to make sure that I stay at his beck and call, you know, just in case. This has a negative effect on both parties, obviously. So for you, it's closing you off to other prospects that could be a great fit for you. And it's perpetuating the idea that you never meet people that you connect with. You could meet people that you connect with every single week, every day even. But because you've told this story that it's so rare that you connect with someone, you get this tunnel vision. So you're only focused on this person that you have connected with. So like with Sarah, she was saying that it was close to a year ago that she went out with this person. And I don't believe that there were no amazing men entering her world, but she had blinders on. She was so focused on him that she could not even see them. And it's not purposeful. You know, for most people, they're not even conscious of this. They're not even aware. It's just something that you sort of do on this unconscious level because you're staying unconscious. You're not aware. The other issue is that The guy can feel this. He can feel that all of your energy is directed towards him and there's nothing for him to do. There's nothing left for him to do. You have arrived and he doesn't need to make an effort. 
there's no reason for him to make an effort. What's he going to make an effort for? You're ready. You're, you've given yourself over to him. And there's nothing for him to do. There's, there's just no effort. There's nothing for him to pursue. Men do not fall in love with women they have not had to make an effort for. Men have to have the challenge. And it's not about always running away from him or making this fake challenge so that he has to chase you forever. It's about owning your own value, recognizing your own value, having a life that is full, full of love, full of activities that you like, full of other guys, whatever it is, and vetting him long enough that you're not falling in love with him before you have the chance to really, really vet him and before he has the chance to bond with you. Because that's what it is. You know, he he hasn't had time yet. He's moving at a slower pace and you've already r- arrived. So it's like he might catch up or he'll just be like, I-, I don't really know what I'm moving towards now. So it's really important to stop perpetuating this idea that you rarely connect with someone. And it might be as simple as just starting to tell yourself, I meet amazing men all the time. I connect with most of the guys that I meet. The final thing that I want to touch on is the exchange that Sarah and I had about your love language. Because Sarah pointed out that her primary love language is words of affirmation. I did another podcast episode a little while back about love languages and how to determine what yours are. But she knows that hers is words of affirmation. And so this is something that women who have words of affirmation as one of their primary love languages really need to be aware of. So he was no longer pursuing a relationship with her, this guy. But at the time that he was, he was really good about using her primary love language of words of affirmation. And she believed his words so strongly. And at a certain point, his actions stopped lining up with the beautiful words that he was saying to her. And it was a shock to her system. She felt shocked when this happened. And I've spoken before about how important it is that, you know, you don't just look at the words, but you look at his actions as well and how they are aligned with that. I did another episode on that specific topic. But here's another thing that you really need to keep in mind. Women have a hard time understanding that for men, their words in a moment are not an indication of anything other than what they are feeling in that moment. It's not that what they're saying is false or untrue or that they're attempting to deceive you. It's that what they're saying could be based on feelings that are totally fleeting rather than something that is genuine and lasting or something that they've really been thinking about. So if he's saying, I've never felt this way before, and then ghosts you, then it doesn't mean that he hasn't felt that way before. He's saying that in that moment, he was feeling something really special and he expressed it to you. But you have to take their words with a grain of salt. His actions absolutely must line up. And so what that means is that in the time that you are with someone, when you were dating someone and you're on that date and he's saying things to you, the words that he says on the date 
don't really matter all that much. What is going to matter is what happens after. How does he show up for you after and continuously? Okay, so you got to take the focus off of the words that he is saying in the moment and really pay attention to how things continue, how he continues showing up and the alignment between his actions and words. So, you know, there are just, those were just the few points that I really wanted to sort of emphasize for all of you who listened to this episode. I really hope it served you well. I feel like it was such a good one. This can be an absolute game changer for you. And if you're ready to dive deeper, then go ahead and apply to work with me and I will speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.